suck, Colin. This is Harley from Baton Rouge, up in Portland, for my buddy's bachelor party, and Joey Funky just put it right in Alabama's hole. I cannot believe it. Money line, Alabama. Go Tigers. Suck that Tiger. Welcome to the Talking Small Podcast, where we make that podcast platinum. Samurai Deli, put them viewers in. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Small Podcast. We are live in the Garden District of Baton Rouge. Got to see little man Leo today. Got to laugh about some Unky Craig jokes. Uh, it's been a good day. We're back in the saddle. Work was tough for me getting back into the groove after hanging out with the boys for not getting much sleep. Yeah, I was in a bit of a fog myself. It was tough. I, I wanted to sleep in, but there was work to do. Not everybody's got banker's hours like Craig. And not everybody can just, you know, leave work at like 3 o'clock like Craig. So, you know, not being Craig does have his disadvantages. That it does. So, if you guys listen to the bachelor party preview from the Baton Rouge airport, um, you'll know that we had nine raucous uh, boys with us. I'll give you the rundown again just so because we're going to go over the bachelor party on this podcast so if you haven't listened to the preview, might be a good idea to uh, listen to that first, refresh your memory, and then jump into this bad boy. So we had the executive producer, Harley, myself, Uncle Al, Bob, the bachelor, McGinnis's last keg stand. It was him. Uh, Kruski, Chris. Uh, Our lawyer. Grant. Rouse. Fat Craig and Russell. I believe that's everybody. So uh, Grant arranged for us to to have an Airbnb. Harley and I flew from Baton Rouge. Now, Harley, once you got to Houston, when you were meeting up with Craig, you you got a little flex. Or did you, from Baton Rouge, did you get first class? So from, up from Baton Rouge to Houston, I got upgraded first class. And what that did for me was, first I get on the plane, boom. What do you want to drink? Mimosa. Let's go. Let's get this booze going. And this is, your flight was like for 7.20? So yeah, you got on the plane at like 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock. So this is 7 o'clock. Well, then all of a sudden the were flights. You, and when were you planning on drinking on this flight? Not not if I didn't get it for free. First class means for free. Start lining them up. Hey, indulge. So. You're on vacation. Yeah, the, but the flight got delayed 40 minutes due to traffic control in Houston. Evidently, Houston is a fucktard of a city and they can't handle planes. Well, you and Craig were saying they needed to evacuate the toilets. Well, that's that- a, uh, I will get into that in a second. But in Baton Rouge, uh, we stuck on the tarmac for extra 40 minutes. Still flew right in front of y'all. I saw y'all's plane come right behind us, but we got in the air before you. And by the time we got in the air, I had two mimosas, got two more on the plane. I'm feeling pretty good, but I only had an hour for connection. Now I got 20 minutes to book it across couple terminals in Houston. So luckily I didn't have Craig with me because that would have been some baggage. But I was rolling. So you you were off to a hot start running through the airport for mimosas deep at 9 a.m. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. 
And I rushed to the terminal just in time to look over, peek over, and see Caggy, a.k.a. Keep America Great, a.k.a. Craig. So I'll probably call him Cag a lot during this. Look over, Texans polo, jeans, staring at his phone. How close was he to you on the plane? Oh, he was like row 28. I was row like 11. All right, so you didn't get first class on that one. No, I did not get first class. But you guys were on a flight with apparently a bunch of women's basketball players? So I wasn't at the terminal long enough to notice, but when I was kind of sitting there and no one had came to the window seat yet, and normally the people that sit where I sit with the extra leg room, normally they're one of the first couple people to board, but not this person. So I'm sitting there, and this is fucking lawyer guy next to me that evidently has really bad eyes because all his shit was in really big print. <laughs> was he old? It was old? like really close to his face, too. He was probably like 50, so not super old. <clears throat> My voice still hasn't recovered from this trip. And, and you didn't even crank any hoons. I did not. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm watching people come in. I see Craig come in. I snap him. You know, making fun of me. Hey, what's up, Craig? And he he doesn't want to make eye contact. One seat, to make a big deal. One seatbelt extender coming up. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then, well, that was one of your predictions from the pot uh, bachelor yeah, party he, preview. He, yeah, I kind of told him about it. So he faked the pictures of uh, seatbelt extender. So it was fake news. He did not have a seatbelt. I believed extender. it. He, he, I believed it, and his excuse was, it's a four-hour flight, might as well be comfortable. I was like, can't argue with you there, Craig. You know, if you need it, you know. Get it. Well, pranks on me, Craig. You fooled me. You didn't get an extender. So I made eye contact with this girl who was probably like 25. She was a little younger than me. And she gave me a head nod like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in that seat next to you. And I was like, all right, cool. So this lawyer who's knee-deep in his fucking shit – I have to be like, hey, she's coming in. So he gets, he goes into the aisle, go in the aisle. She goes, sits next to me. And I'm not really paying attention or anything. And then I look over, and I notice she's got, like, USA Basketball sweatpants on. And then she's got a USA Basketball book bag. Full kit wanker. Yeah. like, And I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. So I start. How tall? All right. So I thought I was taller than her. So that's kind of what threw me off a little bit. Because when she got in, when she got to the seat in front of me, I don't. I thought that she was significantly shorter than me, not like close. Yeah. So then I start texting with Craig, and Craig's in the back, and he starts looking up this USA basketball team and sending me pictures of like a coach or something that's in a few seats in front of him. I don't know how he's getting this shit. He's on, he's on a stalk shit. He, I, we're in a group text, and he sends a. Uh, a picture of like a trainer. He he found the trainer for like the Seattle Storm. So and he goes, "This is who's right in front of me." So apparently they're on a plane with women's basketball players and and personnel. Yeah. So I don't know who the person next to me is. I find out later her name's Kelsey Plum, University of Washington. She's got most chick points in NCAA history. So good for her. Wait, what? Supposedly that's what that's what the interweb said. Internet doesn't lie. And she, uh, the weirdest thing about her, besides her taking her shoes off in the uh, plane. Gross. And the lawyer next to me did that. Sandwiched in funk. But I farted a couple times. I gave him back. (laughs) (laughs) Tit for tat. Um, She had a basketball in her bag. And immediately when I saw the basketball, I didn't understand. Like, now that I know who she is, she's like a fucking all-star that plays in the WNBA. Why would she have a basketball in her bag? 
seems like the equipment managers should have this. Yeah, you would think that, but that was my one second reaction. And then my two second reaction is there can't be that many WNBA balls or whatever the fuck balls they use are probably not commonly available. It's not like they can just go to a sporting goods store and pick the basketball they use. It's kind of like a feeble ball or, you know, that randomness. So I guess that makes sense. But like you're saying, why wouldn't they get the ball boy to do that? WNBA players got no respect. So my question is, and I don't want to stay on the plane too long, even though we had a, an hour delay because they had to pump shit out of there because Craig Butthole blasted and backed up the whole fucking uh, evidently pumping system. So we were sitting there pumping shit for an hour. Fuck you, Craig. But in 2019, would it be wrong to ask her if I think she could cross me up? Like, I wanted to just, like, I I don't know. It's something competitive in me. I don't think she can cross me up. You know. Excuse, but I know she can. Excuse the pun. That's a layup of a question. You can't go straight into, hey, you think you crossed me up? Because she's going to say yes. You're going to say yes, and you can't prove it. You should You should do something like, you know, arrange a, a one-on-one matchup and film it. You go, hey, I got a YouTube channel, you know. Say something like that, or I got a podcast. Would you want to play one-on-one or or come on the podcast? You know, I used to play back in my day, you know, big junior high guy. Shout out to Coach Polk. And take it from there. But I I don't talk to people on airplanes. Like, I I don't think I've ever had a, a conversation with someone in an airplane. Just shut up, put your headphones on, and only talk to me if you need to get up and go to the bathroom. Well, so... She had, like, her headphones off at first, and I didn't have mine on. So then, like, she saw me looking at the fucking bag, and I was like, she looked at me, I was like, okay, USA Basketball? She said, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just most obvious questions. It says USA Basketball. Icebreakers, Al. And I said, so, well, I said, what are, y'all, what are y'all doing? And she's like, yeah, we're going to the University of Oregon to play a game. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um. And then she immediately put her headphones on. I was like, all right, well, can't find out any more information. I was going to get to the cross-up question. Can't, can't go there. No, you should have been like, hey, you got tickets? <laughs> hey, Me you- and my boys want to take y'all. Oh, yeah, I'm on a bachelor party. Can we come see some chicks hoop? Um, and then okay. We play- and then we got winner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bachelor party bachelor party starting five to take on chicks. Who would you pick out of the five? Not Craig, obviously. Well, first of all, I got to have – I got to be on the team. You got to be on the team. So that's two. Kruski's, Kruski's got, out. He, he's god awful. Uh, Craig's one, out. One of Watsky's best ribs of Kruski was you shoot the, a basketball like a fat girl, which was 100% accurate and a dagger. All right. So with those two out, Craig and Kruski. Grant's probably out. So Grant doesn't seem athletic to me at all. He's not. He's. He could get up and down the court about three times full speed, and then he's done. That's he's for, out. That's foreshadowing. So that's three people out. So I'm looking to eliminate one person between Ross, Russell, Bob, and Chris. So I got to eliminate one of them. I've seen Bob play. Bob's going to be on the team. Oh, yeah. He's part of the Bosley boys. Me, Bob, and Watsky won a three-on-three tournament. So, Bob's on the squad. Yeah. So, now I got Chris, Ross, and Russell. Something tells me Russell's the one I should be sitting on this. Ross seems a little more 
uh, like he's going to fight a little more. Ross played on the freshman basketball team, so he's. I think Ross is in. Chris, you've never seen Chris play basketball. I have. It's he's not, out. It's not. He's not. Brave. He's out. So Russell's in. Russell's so it'll be Russ, Chris. Yeah, Russell, Ross, Bob, me, and you. Eh, I'm not in any sort of basketball playing shape right now, but I think we could give him a decent fight. You see, I think we think we could. I think we could. But I don't think we actually could. I think we could. Okay. Well, maybe I'll hit her up on uh, Instagram and see if I can slide into her DMs and, and ask her these questions. If you give us about two weeks to a month of playing, I think we could probably be at least even. God, this podcast is going to get canceled. Why? Because 2019, chicks can do stuff, Al. All right, let's get off of the flight. So, uh... While we're in transit, we learned that Bob is going to be late. He was going to be uh, like half an hour behind the last person getting there, and turns out he's going to be coming in, you know, four hours later. So we were planning on going on a hike when we landed. That's out the window. Now, uh, I ended up getting there, meeting up with everybody at the Avis to pick up our bang bus, and Harley and Craig are behind. Now, Harley, once you landed... You had a little bit of difficulty. Well, so I'm first of all, I'm not waiting for Craig. So I get off the plane, and there's some construction in the swing of the airport, so they don't have a fucking shitter. So I'm looking for a shitter. I'm falling a shitter. Okay, baggage claim. I'll find a shitter because I'm falling the rental car just looking for a shitter. So I, you know, find one in the baggage claim, and I, and I drop some deucage. And something maybe it's being older, or just the length of that flight. That plane was giving me gas. I don't know what the fuck with the problem was. People but there always, was some gas going. People on. always claim it's like the you get up in the altitude, your stomach pressurizes. You know, you have a water bottle up there. It it encloses on itself. So people say like your guts will do that. So you're more prone to fart and have uh, gas. Now we may need to consult your sister, uh, former flight attendant, on that one, but. Uh, Stewardist happens, and I have a I have a some stuff on the return. So Harley takes a big old shit. Well, well can I tell you that Portland Airport has a uh, an up on the flush, which means if you peed, because or if you have solids, you have to hit down on the flush because it's a different amount of water to go in. Because we're green, we save people in Portland. Very European. Yeah, I had I had solids. I used. <laughs> Yeah, so we get in the van, and and as predicted on the podcast, like we were saying, oh, nine people with luggage? No way this van's going to fit everybody. This van was a fucking unit. How many seats did that have in there? Probably one, two, five, eight. I think you can fit 15 people in there. Yeah, it it didn't have luggage, like a trunk space, but you could put your bags in the very back. Oh, it was spacious. That was a good-ass van. And shout-out for Grant for driving that bad boy, whipping that work. So since Bob was going to get there late, we were going to drive to our Airbnb. And on the way from the airport, we're driving. We're down this drag, and we're noticing, like, so many Vietnamese restaurants. And we're looking for a place to buy beer and all that. And then, like a beacon off to the right, we see Budlandia, $1 joints. And we're like, all right, pull over. So um, those of us who partake in the sacred sacrament uh, go over and and get some $1 joints, which were 14% THC, 
Um, I think there were OG Kush, and then for 250, there was something called AK-47, which was about 30% THC. So you could get four joints for $4. Talk about value. So we loaded up, and on our uh, on another trip, I think on the way back from getting Bob at the airport, we got some more. So shout out to Budlandia. But in Budlandia parking lot, Kruski went to go light up the joint and got fucking bitched at by some people just hanging out in the parking lot. And Kruski started his trip off because he probably hadn't slept now for about 36 hours. Cranky as fuck because he wanted to light up in the parking lot and these narcs wouldn't let him and he was just getting mad and mad and walking around he was he was definitely upset he was getting big mad so we keep driving and we happen upon a safeway so a grocery store for you not familiar with the pacific northwest now i'm wearing an army jacket because i'm on my army shit just to give just to razz bob a little who's a marine so i'm walking into this safeway and there's some what would you say? They're VFW. There's there's some there's some veterans panhandling. Uh, they're like selling Thanksgiving turkeys or something. They're trying to get donations for veterans, and I I'm walking in with an army jacket. Hashtag stolen valor because I never served my country. And these this army guy tries to get me a donation. He's like, "Well, you're wearing a," and I just walk straight past him, break the wrist, walk away, just straight up ignore this old bastard. And uh, so we go in the grocery store, and when you're in the grocery store with eight dudes who are all starving and and wanting a beer, probably not the best. But we load up our cart with some about four red barons. Cases and cases of beer. Shout out to Pub Beer. I think best value. Buy 10 barrel. Fucking the tits. That thing was tastes like yingling. Yeah, I think it was better. And then uh, we go to check out, and the lady's like, do you want a Safeway card? And Grant was like, eh, yeah, sure, why not? Boom, $35 off. That was a good fucking move by him. And I uh, donated a couple dollars there. Uh, shout out to me. Because we got $35 off and the lady talked to us, uh, talked us into it. So on the way out, you know, since I had already donated, I didn't feel bad about not giving the uh, veterans some dollars. And also, you know, bit of a pussy move. I took my camo jacket off just so I wouldn't get harassed again. Um, so then I think we made our way back to the house after that, huh? Yeah, so we get back to the Airbnb. And by this time, because of where the flights were, I was flying at 9.30, and I didn't have much time in Houston to get any food. So then I had a four or, or an hour delay and then a four-hour flight when I was already on there. So it was like, I don't know how long. It was like maybe 1 o'clock local time, but it was fucking, to me, it felt fucking late. So I was hungry as fuck. I got Chick-fil-A in my airport stop. Mm-hmm. Shout out to me. Lucky you. So as soon as we get back, everybody's trying to figure out what to do. I look at Craig. I know Fat Craig's hungry because he's been in the same predicament as me. I know you like to eat. So as predicted, I left everybody behind immediately. And me, you, and Craig went to go to Pod Bar to go get some food. However, we never made it to Pod Bar because it looked like a piece of shit. Wasn't that the one with the karaoke, like, looking old, Chinese That's Trap Restaurant. Oh, Trap Restaurant. Went to go to Trap Restaurant, and it looked like a piece of shit. And so we ended up going to this food truck park 
and now we're looking for food trucks, and I already know what's going to happen. Craig's copying somebody. <laughs> He's a follower. So you do a little better job of looking at all the food trucks. I see one that say ribs, and for the shtick, I said, oh, Craig always says you got to taste barbecue at every place you go to see if the town's good, if it's got good barbecue. So I was like, all right, I'll get some barbecue. Portland's get, known for their great barbecue, I'll get some, especially from a food truck. I'll get the rib plate. Lo and behold, guess what fucking uh, fallen motherfucker standing behind me? Cag. He's there. Oh, yeah, I like a, a, a rib plate, too. He ordered the same exact thing as you, too? He says he didn't because he goes, oh, I don't want the beans as a side because I got my sides as mac and cheese and beans. Yeah. Because I have bean situation. Plus, I've had gas, so let's just go compound the issue. Yeah. Craig gets uh, double mac and cheese, so he's he stops the problem. He's carbo-loading. <laughs> and uh, we turn around, and I notice that you were at a different food truck. Yeah, I went to an uh, Italian one that I think that what he was making was called, like, frittitis or something. It was Pan Zoretti frittitis. It was basically a high-quality pizzone. And I didn't know what I was getting into, but I ordered a pepperoni large, $8, and a, uh, I guess, like a ground meat one for $4. That was a small. And uh, it was very good. I was very pleased with my decision. And I think Pod Bar was allegedly somewhere in the food truck thing, but it it was only open like one time when we went back for the Saints game. But that's uh, that's besides the point. So... I think Portland was known for the food truck revolution. I think they started this game, and we had a a gangle of uh, a gaggle of food trucks like a block and a half away from our place. So we were there early and often. So we get back to the Airbnb with our food. We eat. We're drinking some beer. That's where we found fell in love with pub beer. Uh, Harvey Weinstein beer, not as good, even though I think it was actually called Henry Weinhart. Uh, something like that, but it's way more fun to say, hey, this Harvey Weinstein, not that bad. See, we're definitely getting canceled. So anyway, we start. We drinking. haven't even gotten to that point yet. So we start drinking pretty heavily. Um, Al's been passing out some shirts for the boys. Oh, yeah. I, I arrived in my shirt. Um, I I gave in a group te- couple group texts i said you know i'm thinking about making shirts for this bachelor party i know i know real bachelorette move but hey no penis straws on this trip so i ended up deciding with help from Kruski who gave me this one i like mcginnis's last keg stand but it's a little wordy and it's hard to find clip art of someone doing a keg stand so i went with the uh, a playoff words a pun, if you will, of the old uh, Marine commercial where it said, the few, the proud, the Marines. Since Bob's a Marine, we did the few, the proud, the boys. Since back in college, we called ourselves the boys since we're real imaginative. So not getting any further on the uh, the T-shirts. Kruski gets his on. Him and Al are in the back smoking blunts. They set up the table. It's a joint. It's a pre-roll joint. I'm sorry. PRJ. Yeah, it's pot. So they're in the back. They set up the table. That's where we got a good meme, change our minds. We took a good picture of that, which y'all just sitting on the white table. A lot of a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we all got to go get Bob. And it was like, ah. Do we have to? 
It's been kind of fun with no Bob, but uh, we all get back in the van. We're like, all right, well, we'll stop back off at Budlandia. Let's make this trip worth it. So we all get back in the van. We go back to the airport. We get bitched at a couple times because evidently Bob checked baggage for like a fucking two-day excursion when you know he's not going to change clothes anyway. I forgot about I forgot about this whole shenanigan. We had to make a lap. Yeah, we had to make a couple laps around the airport because fucking Bob had checked the bag and they Who couldn't find a- his bag. I- anyway. Bob- this is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're flying out on Monday. Like, it's a basically a three-day trip. Fucking Bobby baggage. <laughs> so, after we collect Bob, he gets in the bang bus. We start... Uh, we start giving him some white claws, you know, to you know, get him in the mood, and back to the house, which means back to a stop at Budlandia, where guess what? Kruski buys more blunts, joints. If Kruski finds dollar joints, you think he's going to turn that down? The man's trying to ball on a budget here, and he just hit pay dirt. So what? We went back to the house after that with some more drinking. And then it was like, okay, what are we going to do tonight? Yeah, we were originally planning on going to a hi- going on a hike. But. Yeah, but it's definitely too late for that. Okay, let's go to all the breweries in this one little area. So we head off to this place called Base Camp Brewing, and did we we took Ubers there, right? That Grant didn't have to drive us again on that. I believe so. Yeah, I think we took Uber. So we went to this place called Base Camp. We all get there and we go up to this bar, and the bar's pretty cool up top, but the beer kind of sucks. Oh. Okay, yeah, so downstairs they were, like, serving food. It was an outdoor kind of tent situation with picnic tables, and it didn't seem to have much action down there. So we went upstairs, and it was all right. And then we went to go order beers, and we have a whole bunch of drunken assholes with us. So they're like, uh, Coors Light, and they're like, there's no Coors Light here. And they have all these frou-frou beers, and they all taste fucking terrible, like, Right up there with the worst beers I've ever had in my life. So I will tell you that I made a good decision on this trip. After getting pub beer and uh, Harvey Weinstein, I noticed that they were very good at lagers up in the great Northwest. So I walk in, I see Northwest Fest Lager. I got that. That beer was actually good on point. It was drinkable. So I pounded a couple of those while I was there. While everybody was bitching about the beer, where Fat Cred's getting a marshmallow in his beer, being a <laughs> fat ass. I forgot I'm about get, that. I'm getting the Northwest Fest, and I'm feeling fucking nice. Go downstairs. They got this fucking uh, street taco vendor. Another food truck. I fucking get me some good street tacos. It fucking oh, the salsa was good on point. I got I got a I think I got some carnitas or something from there. That, that was pretty good. Yeah, I forget I forget which ones I got. It's got some kind of like spicy chicken, and then I got some kind of like pork belly or something. I forget what the other one. I got yeah, was. we went down there. Um, I think Harley and them were eating, and then Kruski came and joined in this picnic table in this indoor tent. With these people selling, I don't know what they were selling in the front, and there was a couple other tables in there, and Kruski just starts lighting up a joint just in this indoor tent, and, at, like, Harley leaves, uh, you know, no one wants to be around him smoking this joint besides me. I'm just sitting there with him. There's, a, there's like, one other table in there. There's some people who were selling something in there, and Kruski is just smoking this TP out. I think he smoked two joints in there with me, and the place fucking stunk. Like, Harley left, and he came back, or somebody else came back in and immediately left. It was yeah, like, this no. place reeks. 
I walked back in and, and I was just oh fuck, close the door. But at this point, Krusky can't even stand up. He's like walking and falling. He can't do shit by himself. So he's, he's been up like 36 hours. And he's just sitting there just chain smoking fucking blunts. Joints. And uh, so we all, after we ate, we were like, this beer sucks at this place. Let's go someplace else, right? Do you remember the place we went to after? So it was Cascade Brewing. So it was a couple blocks down the road. We went and walked to this Cascade Brewing. I forget who talked about this thing. It must have been Ross because we walk in and somebody got really jacked up for sours. Your boy don't drink sours. Over sours here. is like a girl thing. Like Eric, Eric, no last names like sours. I'm not into sours. So we walk in, we all sit down. There's like nine of us on this like circle table. It's not big enough for all of us anyway. And we're looking at the menu. I see the menu. I'm like, eh, there's nothing I really want here. They can start going around. Kruski wants to order a Tito's and soda with lime. She goes, we don't have any hard liquor. He goes, okay, how about a Coors Light? <laughs> she goes, we don't have Coors Light. Well, okay, well, then I don't I don't want anything. And he just sits back there, and he's just pissed. I, I love the reaction of they don't have Coors Light. This place sucks. That's how you know we all love dive bars. So I think a couple of them got sours. I think Ross and Grant. And Bob got some sour. So I don't remember oh no, this. Russell, Russell did. I don't remember this ordering process at all. So so they had some come out. They had some other shit on there. And I was like, you know what? I've been heavy drinking so far. We There's no way we're going to last long here. I'm already plotting my exit. I, no, I'm not getting anything. Thank you. No, thank you. So I think me and you didn't order anything. And maybe like Craig. I don't think Craig ordered any. Nope. I don't know. Anyways. And then we're like, hey, let's take a picture. So the waitress, if I can picture her, she was uh, probably average height for a girl, really, really short hair. I, I do not t- remember this. I remember lot, the bartender here, I think. A lot of tats. Very Portland. I think you're thinking about the wrong bar. So she goes to take a picture of us. <laughs> I might be. She, she goes to take a picture of us, and she says, and everybody's smiling. And you know the gimmick, one, two, three, cheese? Well, when she got to three... I yelled MAGA, and she took the picture and goes, what? And I just turned around and just started busting out laughing because liberal Portland, I was like, what's the worst fucking thing I could possibly say? Say MAGA on three. I said MAGA. I was not expecting that at all. So everybody's like sitting there laughing, but also feeling really awkward. Like I think she leaves and she starts talking to the bartender and like everybody thinks we're about to get kicked out. Everybody thinks like, oh shit, this is not going to be good. Start freaking out. And I was like, guys, it's a fucking joke. What's the problem? Keep in mind the context of the shirts we're all wearing. The but few, we don't know that. The, we don't know yet. That. The few, the proud, the boys. So with proud and boys right on top of each other vertically. So at this point, I don't know what that means. So you you don't? I don't. I have okay. no clue. So I know about this because I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, and they're all about this bullshit. Anyway, we'll get to that in a second because how I find out about it is really funny. All right, shit, my bad for stepping on it. So, so now we're all kind of laughing. All right, everybody, let's get the fuck out of here. So some people have to pay their tabs. I think me and you start walking out pretty quick. I think she starts bitching. The bartender and the um, waitress start bitching at people as they're walking out because of the mega comment. And I made it, so I was already out the door and deal with my shit. So we go to the Rogue Brewery, which actually was really fucking good. 
So I got some Dreamland Lager there. It was really good. And I'm I'm sitting there at the bar. Everybody's kind of rolling in. They got an outside area. I'm sitting there next this to... This is the place I'm remembering. Yeah. So this is... I'm sitting there next to Kruski. And he gets a... She comes and asks his order. And he he's like, who's bitching because they're not going to have liquor. And I said, <laughs> Kruski, look, they're showing liquor right up there. He goes, oh, fuck you. Uh, give me a, a, a vodka soda with some lime. And he kind of slurs pretty bad when he asks, and she kind of side eyes him, and then she walks over and gets him one. Well, he's been up thirty six hours, chain smoking joints, has been drinking since the night before, and has never gone to sleep. So, me and me and Kruski are sitting there. I was like, dude, I'd slow down that drink. She's not going to give you another one. Bullshit. She's she's going to give me another one. I was like, she barely gave you that one. She's not giving you another one. So Kruski's about ready for another drink. And she walk, and the bartender walks over, who had like a choker on or something, not bad looking. And she looks at uh, Kruski and she goes, "Hey, what's y'all? Sh- what's your shirt?" So Kruski, of course, wearing the few the proud the boy shirt, and it, he sort of helped hatch the slogan. So he's definitely a proud boy here. He he steps back, bust open his shirt about as happy or his jacket as happy as he could, leather and the, jacket. And the bartender reads his shirt and says, "You're fucking cut off." <laughs> And walks away. And I just start busting out laughing because I thought he's cut off because the way he opened his shirt, she just knew he was drunk. But no, that's not why he was cut off. So she goes over to the other side and she's talking to this other bartender. And I'm looking around like, what the fuck's going on? So she finally comes back because I need another beer. She comes back over here and goes, what's up with y'all shirts? I was like, the few, the proud, the boys. is the slogan of the Marines. The few, the proud, the Marines. She goes, I've never heard that slogan. Kruski starts backing up my story of this slogan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, I have that on my list because, like Harley's saying, Kruski's pretty shit-faced. And then he's like, no, 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 you never seen that commercial. Like, Kruski's not helping the situation by trying to drunkenly explain a commercial he's never seen. What, you never seen that commercial with the Marine fighting the lava monster saying the few, the proud, the Marines? She's like... I'm 24. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm a, I'm a fucking Portland hipster liberal with Harry Pitts. I don't think she had Harry Pitts. I'm just saying. But so she comes over and she's talking. And I was like, look, what is it? And she goes, well, the Proud Boys. You ever heard of the Proud Boys? I was like, look, I don't know what the Proud Boys are. This is the slogan of the Marines. And she goes, well, the Proud Boys had a march here. And that's probably the worst fucking shirt you can wear around here. So then, of course, I, I she walks she, off after this, and now I got Craig in my ear, a fucking actual proud boy. Now that I know about it, he sits there and he's like, the "Proud boys are like, uh, the, the, you know, they're like white supremacists, like, uh, blah 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 blah." And I'm sitting there going, "Really, you motherfucker?" Well, if if you want to know like the history of it, it's a, uh, it was something that this guy made up on his radio show slash podcast to make fun of this other guy, and then the internet kind of took it as a movement and went with it. It wasn't originally supposed to be that, but um, they're basically like the foil or the um, the battler of Antifa, which is big in Portland, and Antifa is like this big liberal left-wing anti-fascist group. So it's like the extreme left versus the extreme right. And we have a shirt that says Proud and Boys on it. Kind of, kind, The words are kind of next to each other. 
So the fact that Harley had no idea what this was and this was wearing the fucking shirt proudly with my jacket open and and underneath it, uh, there's like a silhouette of these army men. Uh, you know, we'll we'll take a snap of the shirt and send it out. We can make more if you guys want them. But uh, it was pretty fucking funny. And this was all unbeknownst to Harley. So and drunk Kruski was trying to, you know, no, 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 this is what it means. What and this this chick couldn't even explain Proud Boys to you. She just no, I I hate them. I just hate them. Well, there was a rally here, and this is the worst thing you can wear. And like, okay, from and then she then Kruski's like, okay, can I since we're not the Proud Boys, can I order another drink? <laughs> and she's like, no, you're you're done. You're too drunk. You're out of here. So so now Kruski has got his fuck it. He like somebody just took his dog and beat him with it. Kruski walks outside pouting like an SOB to go see Bob and Chris, who I think are trying to play cornhole or something like that. There's yeah, people- outside there's a like a big area. There's cornhole over here, and and there's there's a huge area. Like outside is double the size of in size of inside. So we're out there. Some people are playing cornhole. Kruski shit faced. He ends up like walking backwards into the cornhole and falling on the entire cornhole thing. He was a he was a mess. So. One of the things we learned in that bar is now that she knew we had a drunk friend with us, if anybody ever ordered two drinks, you had to promise you weren't going to bring it to Kruski, and then she would follow you out the door a couple minutes later to make sure you didn't give it to Kruski. I missed that part. So uh, Craig Craig went to go get Bob a beer, and she hounded him because, oh, who's this beer for? Is it for your drunk friend? Bob? No, no, it's not for Kruski. So he goes out and gives it to Bob. <laughs> Like she knows who Kruski Do you remember is. her walking out and seeing Kruski smoking a joint and him throwing it over the uh, fence? I, I was right next to him sharing it. <laughs> so we're thankfully, we're getting to the end of this uh, PRJ. And, you know, the lady comes up and is like, you can't be smoking here. And drunk Kruski looks her in the eyes. And then, like, you hear a one Mississippi, uh, internal one Mississippi two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Then it just like a quick grab of the joint and he just flings it behind his head over the fence. Just awkward and just as hard as he could fling something. And she just, I don't really remember the look on her face, but I I could think it was, she just looked at him dirty like, what the fuck are you doing for a couple seconds? And then she just walked back inside. Like at that point, like if you have any sort of security, you think he would get kicked out. But no, we were not kicked out yet somehow. But we were like, eh, we should probably go. Yeah, so it's getting late. It's probably like 12 to 1 a.m. Portland Standard Time. Yeah, so Kruski's probably been up for 48 hours straight. So we... um we get, we catch a couple Ubers. We go back to the uh, to the Airbnb, but strip club boys, aka Craig, Bob, and Chris, decided that their night's not done. They go looking for some strip clubs because our Uber driver on the way back said this place called Devil's Point, which is really close to ours, was really good. So it's like a half a block away from the food trucks we were at earlier, so it's like two blocks away. So. I don't since I wasn't there. I don't have that many details on how that went, but somehow they ended up Craig and Chris at a whorehouse, and they it was like they knocked on a door and they opened it up and there was two rooms. So Bob got kicked out, told he can't come in because it's only one at a time. Yeah, I think what happened was since it's cuffing season, Craig and Chris immediately uh, 
cuffed up and then Bob was the odd man out, you know, hot potato style or, or musical chair style. And he exited the building and Craig and Chris went in there and they were giving them the whole menu, like, you know, hundred dollars to come back this, that, and the other. Yeah. So they both end up going back and I think they end up spending about the same amount, but they both spent it a little differently. So the lady, Tells Craig, take off all your clothes. I'll be right back. So Craig supposedly gets butt ass on this couch sitting on a towel. And she walks back in, squirts some lotion on his dick, and then starts dancing. And then Craig proceeds to pound off right there in front of this lady. This is probably one of the strangest things I've I've, I've heard of at the strip club with Craig. Because there's no touching. So he's just sitting there pounding off watching what he quoted not a hot chick dance so god she must have been a fucking dog the the visual of craig talking to the stripper and her saying uh you know strip naked i'll be right back and then exiting the room and craig stripping his texans polo his jeans his you know shoes just getting completely butt naked in a random strip club it just makes me fucking laugh. So I think he paid like $100 to go to the back room, and then he gave this chick uh, two Andrew Jacksons in J-Bone terminology. Child uh, J-Bone. So he paid like $140 to jerk off in front of this stripper. Oh, actually, I think he just paid $100. Yeah, I think Chris paid $140 and didn't jack off. Yeah. I, th- I, don't, I don't know what happened with Chris, but... Uh, all I know is he he paid a certain amount of money, didn't come, and 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 left unsatisfied. So, I think that was about the end of that night, except for oh, so sleeping arrangements. Oh yeah. So when we first got into the house, it's a real real world real world situation. Now, normally on these bachelor parties, you have nine guys and there's like three beds. You're like ah oh, fuck, you know. Uh. There's no Chen for Craig to sleep with, so people aren't paired off. But in the living room, there's two couches. Um, there's one bedroom on the main level. Uh, upstairs has two beds. And then I didn't know there was a basement until a little bit later, but in the basement there was two beds and a couch. So that's one, two, three, four, five, five beds, three couches for nine people. That's pretty fucking good. So shout out to Grant with that Airbnb. Very, very clutch with that. So I, when we get back to the house, I put my shit in the basement. And there was no one, no one shitting there at the time. So when I walk back in, I realize that there's two new suitcases in there by two different people. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. Did you put yours on the bed? Oh, yeah. Mine was like out in the open, too. So so now I'm like, uh, I didn't know how many beds were upstairs and shit. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm sharing a room with somebody. I don't know who this other person's shit is. So I go to sleep. Well, Oh, God. I forgot about my first night's sleep. You, you go. <laughs> okay. So later in the night, I, I, feel, I feel somebody crawl into the bed. The person doesn't bother me, just goes to sleep. And I'm thinking, thank God Bob was too drunk because I thought it was Bob shit in there. Well, I was right, but it was also Chris's shit. So Chris gets in the bed, 
silent, doesn't bother me. The worst part about Chris is he sleeps in the middle of the bed for whatever the fuck reason. Well, was Bob already in there? Bob wasn't in there. So about probably a, wait, an hour does, later. Wait, how does Chris get in the bed before Bob if, if all right. I don't know where Bob is at this time. <laughs> Bob ends up trying to get in the bed with me and Chris. <laughs> this ain't no three-way. <laughs> and Chris is sitting there as drunk as shit and passed out. Bob's trying to move Chris. Chris has got some dead weight to him. Going, <laughs> He's trying to move four immovable chins. Chris, Chris goes, Bob, not happening. Bob, not happening. He was saying that in his sleep or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just, just shaking his head, <laughs> Bob, not happening. <laughs> and, and somehow Bob gets frustrated and leaves. And I turned to Chris and I said, Chris, how does that work? He goes, if you don't fuck with, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge him and you don't play up to it, he just leaves. <laughs> so, so then, so I'm going back to sleep. So then Chris gets up to go pee. Well, Bob comes, tries to, I don't know where Bob is at the time. Bob's trying to get Craig off the couch in the basement. Evidently, Bob's lost in the basement. Doesn't realize there's no one in the other bed with Grant down there. Tries to get Craig off the couch. Can't get Craig off the couch. He sees Chris. Talk about an immovable object. Craig's weighing 300 pounds these days. He sees Chris go pee. He tries to beat Chris back into the bed. What a vulture. But misses the bed. Chris gets back in. Bob tries to move him again. Bob, it's not happening. (laughs) Bob, it's not happening. So then Bob gets up and leaves, and it goes and sleeps on the couch upstairs. Right, which leads is a perfect segue. Uh, so when we first went in there and got beds, first bed I saw, it wasn't claimed, so I put my bag there. It was on the first floor. It's right next to a bathroom. I'm like, this is primo position. Well, Kruski also puts his bag on the same bed, which I'm not too too mad at him. I mean, he's a small fucking guy. You know, we both party, so I think we'll be all right. Well, after Harley and, and I explain all this shit of the first night of him not sleeping for 48 hours, him being completely shit-faced, well, when we go to get in bed and go to bed, he is fucking a Tasmanian devil. I've never seen somebody flip from, like, head to toe to fuck. He's just squirming around the entire time. He's, like, elbowing me. He fell off the bed on the floor, like, boom. He did that, like, two times at least. He's getting out of bed, sleepwalking, getting tied up in the curtains, and I'm like, Kruski, chill out. He's like, let me do my thing, man. Let me do my thing. He's like blackout drunk. He has no idea what's going on. And he's just squirming around and being a complete pest. So after about 10, maybe 15 minutes of this, I'm like, all right, I've had a fucking enough. So I go out and I I go on the uh, one of the couches out in the living room. I'm like, I've had enough of this shit. So... At around, I don't even remember what time it was. I don't remember what happened first either, but I'll do this one first. So I hear a beep, 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 <laughs> beep, 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 <laughs> loud as shit. And when an alarm or a smoke detector or anything is going off, you're like, you're like oh, hopefully someone else will deal with it. It goes on for like five minutes, and 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 I was in the most likely room where it could have been going off, I came from that room. So I was like, I think Kruski in his fucking drunken 
sleepwalking. Like, you've heard of people sleepwalking. He was sleepwalking, running into the curtains, running the walls and shit. Well, he's sleepwalking, lit a joint in our room and set off the fucking fire alarm. So I, I go in there, and since I'm tall enough, I can reach up, hit the fucking button, reset the shit. I'm like, all right, fucking enough. This is probably maybe like 2 o'clock. I go back to sleep on the couch. No, it was later than 2 o'clock because Bob and well, Chris well, hadn't even got got back till like 2 Okay, well, so that happened first. Okay, all right. So uh, I th- maybe it happened first. Anyway, so I-, I go back to sleep. I get woken up, I'm guessing around 3.30 to... I fucking, like, uh, you know, I'm on edge. I'm in a house with eight other guys. I got a guy setting off the fire alarm. People are blackout drunk. I fucking turn around on the couch. I see Bob sitting in a chair, shirt on, no pants, leaned over, pissing on the floor, looking like he's trying to piss in one of these floor vents that, like, AC and heating, instead of the vents being on the top of the house, they're at the bottom, because I guess it's an older house. So he's trying to pee in this vent, and he's pissing on the floor. I turn around and go, Bob, what the fuck are you doing? Stop pissing. He looks at me with this fucking, what, what? He gives me, what, Like, he has no, like, I just woke him from a trance, and he does stop peeing. And he goes somewhere, and I'm like, oh, God damn it. And once again, with the fire alarm situation, I'm like, someone's going to take care of this. Like, Bob Peter on the floor, he's going to take care of this. No. And because Kruski's blackout drunk, everybody, you know, you got eight other people in the house. I, I don't want people to walk in to piss. So I go get some toilet paper from the bathroom, and I start cleaning up. And Bob comes from wherever he ran away to after he went and pissed. He comes back, and he starts, like, giving me shit for, oh, he starts giving me shit as I'm cleaning up. I go, Bob, I'm cleaning up your piss right now. Like, are you really going to be trying to give me shit? And and I guess we end up going to bed after that. You know, not a great night of sleep leading to the next day, which is LSU versus Alabama. And this is when we, the night before, we're like, all right, yeah, we'll go to hike before the game. So I wake up. I go out, take a pee. You know, I normally wake up like four in the morning Central Standard Time. Now I'm at Pacific Standard Time or Portland Standard Time. So it would be 2 a.m. I'm up probably about five o'clock Portland time. So I probably got maybe I've been in bed for maybe four, four and a half hours. But at the same time, Bob's already woken us up fucking twice. And so I haven't been sleeping. So I get up. All right, I'm gonna go on my morning run. Fuck this. So I go. T- so Craig hears me up. So Craig follows me out of the house, and we go to the fucking convenience store so we can get some energy drinks for the boys, just for me and Craig. <laughs> so I get some energy drinks and some organic protein bars. I pound half an energy drink and a protein bar. I come back. I do a I do a 5K running around the neighborhoods over there, which is pretty cool. Portland uh, had some good scenes. I saw some saw some good stuff. But I uh, get back, and now we're trying to get ready to go for the fall. So we're trying to round up eight people because one person's definitely out. Yeah, there's no way Kruski, who hadn't slept in 48 hours, is going to be able to wake up. What, what do you think what time we left was, 9 a.m.? It was It was like, yeah, we were supposed to leave at 8.30, and I think we ended up leaving at 9. Yeah, so there was no way he was going to wake up after. And he set off the fire alarm again, by the way. 
And he, I think he took care of it by taking the fire alarm off the ceiling, which I don't know what ended up happening with that. Uh, hopefully, you'd have to pay for anything, Grant. So we go on this Malnoma Falls. Is that how you say it? It's like Multanoma Falls, something like that. So we're in the well, we're in the van for about like, and this is the whole reason I think we got the van was to go on this hike, which was like forty minutes away from Portland. Sounds about right. And so we all get there. We get out of the hike, and you could see the waterfall from the interstate, and it was like, all right, well, let's fucking, let's see. And we go up to it and we take some pictures, which I didn't see any of those pictures, but oh, from our, we're on the our bottom. group picture? I'm not sure who, who took that. But I hadn't seen that one yet. So we knew we take a picture, and it's like, all right, we got some time. Let's, let's hike up. So it's about 1.2 miles to the top of the waterfall on this hike, which isn't that terrible of a climb but it's it's relatively steep it's the, it's 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 pretty steep it's all paved so though. of course chris didn't bring any tennis shoes so he's got like fucking dress shoes and me and him are somehow in front of everybody bob gets jealous that we're me and chris are ahead so he tries to catch up with us get catches up to us puts uh chris on his back carries him up the mountain a little bit as a, as a joke and then we kind of look down and we see you and, and Russell and Ross. Yeah, I'm just keeping a, a medium pace the whole time. And then at the bottom, and trailing up the ass, you got Craig and Grant. And while me and Chris are walking up there, I was like, hey, how long do you think before they turn around? Like, they're, they're not coming up here. Well, at, as the uh, Bachelor Party prediction pod, you already guessed that Craig would not make it to the summit. So... Craig might have lasted more than four minutes on the hike, but not much longer than that. He lasted more than four minutes. He made no. it. Pa- he made it past the first bridge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. After I'm talking, once you got through that gate, Craig didn't make it much more than four minutes. Make, <sighs> man, okay. Anyway, we go. We go on this hike. We get a text from Grant saying, "Hey, me and Craig are dogging it off." Uh, we'll meet y'all at the bottom. You got 30 minutes. And we're not even at the summit yet, so I'm like, all right, fuck this. I want to go to the top, so I start booking it. Yeah, Grant's timing this thing before the L- – like, so we can drive back, find a bar, and get a seat for the LSU-Alabama game since that is of utmost importance. So, Grant, as the good chaperone, is keeping time. And, you know, we we had a conversation going up the mountain whether, you know, who – who gave it quits first, Craig or Grant, or was it mutual assured, mutual assured destruction where they were just both like, eh, let's just go back down. So, uh, did we ever get an answer on that? Craig, Craig offered it up first, and then Grant just said yes. Yeah. So we had that. Harley, Harley was definitely setting the pace, but I wasn't thinking – of this as a race i was just i was just walking it was it was a decent hike it was good it was a good fall hike you had the foliage changing the weather was for portland you know you get that misty rain cloudy whatever it was a nice sunny day it was probably around 60 or so it was a nice day to go for a little hike before you drink all fucking day it was probably a little it was probably like 50 it wasn't 60 hey and shout out to chris for giving me a couple edibles in the car so we get I'm worried we won't make it to the top, so I kind of leave Bob and Chris behind, and I start booking it pretty hard up there. So I get all the way to the top. I send the boys a text at the top. I ruined a bunch of people's photos up there because I want to snap all my photos. And so I, I scope it out. I turn around, and, and when I get probably to where y'all are about to come down the backside of that mountain, I run into y'all, 
And Grant had already been bitching at us that it was time to get back, but y'all were leisurely paced. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm with the boys. So I turned back and went with y'all back up to the, the waterfall. And by that time, oh, everybody... Oh, so you were two-time summit? So everybody was kind of cleared out from where you could take the pictures on this little, like, uh, crow's nest or whatever you want to call yeah, it. It was like out of Donkey Kong, you know? They had that wooden plank built out off the, the nice nature there. So we not, not a great view of the fall, though. No, it's not. It didn't go over the fall. You couldn't barely see. You could see the little small one behind you. Yeah, it was basically like you could see straight down. You're like, all right, well, okay. It's, a, it's cool. I mean, it's like a river and all that and whatever. So we, we all, since there's no one else up there, I'm like, well, what would be a funny picture that would be kind of cool? Oh, let's lean over the railing and just get all of our faces looking down at the at the fall since there's like, not really anything else you could take a picture of. And then someone else gets a picture, tries to take it, and this guy who's wearing all this punk gear, he's wearing like a lag wagon shirt. He's wearing some other sort of band hat with this fancy camera comes up. And who was trying to take the picture? Uh, I think it was Chris. Yeah, so he was trying to take a picture with an iPhone 4, and this guy comes up with a, like a DS, DSLR camera or some shit, and he's like, oh, that's too much backlight off of this guy. So like, all right, if you want to take it, go for it. And this dude ended up taking a great picture for us. Do you, do you know this guy's name? We ended up getting it somehow. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, uh, Russell or Ross got it from him or something, but I posted it on Instagram. So if you want to see Talking Small Instagram, the, the first picture that was not filters, that dude took it. Well, he probably filtered it, but uh, shout out to that guy, and uh, maybe we'll tag you in it or something, but uh, thank you, man. It's a great picture of the boys there. Well, at least the boys who made it to Summit, so Kruski, who was still in bed, and then the two lowland gorillas, Grant and Craig, didn't make it either. Which is why Grant can't be on the basketball team, because his stamina is about as good as Craig's. Right, and uh, we also found it very humorous at how hard Chris was nipping uh, on the hike, uh, uh, very funny. It was also great on the way down. You could spot Craig in his shorts and his t-shirt, clearly fucking cold, trying not to be cold. You could see him from the top of the mountain. It was great. I, I love seeing Craig just trying to act all hardo. So, one of the places. So we get back in the. Uh, do you have anything else at the falls? Okay. So we get back in the. Uh, Besides them waiting for fudge, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bob and Chris. So. We get back in the van, and the Uber driver that had recommended uh, the Devil's Point Strip Club, which Chris and, and Craig and Bob all said was great. One of the other places he recommended for the game was Century Bar. Better than our first Uber driver that w recommended Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to you. Yeah, fuck you. So we end up going to the Century Bar, and I'll have to tell you, Al, for watching a single game, this might have been the best bar I've ever been into. For a single game, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that, but it would for for uh, watching a game in a city you don't know. It was pretty good because you had a bunch of projector screens. There was sort of a very vertical stadium seating with these kind of benches. So if, as far as viewing experience, very good. As far as beers, three dollar beers, and they did have our. Uh, Miller High Life, Coors, all that, very good. But what I will bitch at is the wings. The lemon pepper wings might have been the saltiest thing I've ever eaten in my life. 
I was thinking about it in the shower today. I probably should have talked to the waitress to talk to the person back and go, hey, uh, have your chef tr- make a lemon pepper wing and actually try it. This thing was littered in salt. And I know they probably like to make things salty to have you drink more beer and whatnot. But God damn, that was the saltiest thing I've ever eaten. So I we had some pictures of Century Lager. So while y'all were drinking High Lives, we were, Chris, me, and Bob... Actually, me and Chris were buying shit, and Bob was just fucking drinking and eating our stuff. Classic Bob. But it was his bachelor party. We already pay for his fucking uh, salary anyway. Might as well just treat him out to beer. Well, I I would shit on him, but Craig was basically doing the same thing for me. I think I paid for the first round of beers when we first got in there. I was like, hey, Craig, what are we getting? We getting these two wings? Oh, yeah, let's get another beer. I don't think I ever saw a bill in that place besides the first beer as I bought. So, hey, shout out to Fat Craig. I know you're not listening to this, but thanks for the beers. So, we were getting pictures of Century Lager. We're getting $3 corn dogs. Uh, Craig was doing, Caggy was doing push-ups every time LSU scored a point. I don't know how I finagled that, but uh, on the first drive, Tua did some random fumble, uh, unforced. No, we talked about it in the van ride on the way there. We told Craig he was going to do push-ups for every point. Oh, really? Yeah, it was in the van ride, yeah. Well, Craig actually fulfilled a a promise for once, and for every point we scored, say we scored a touchdown, kicked the extra point, seven points, he would do seven push-ups, and everybody else, the eight other people, would count it off in this bar. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And we were just... There were it was probably split like 50-50 Bama LSU fans and we were well we were nine people so uh, like but not of us almost everybody else besides maybe like four other people were Bama. Well, the people on our side there was nine of us on the top row and then the people below us they were LSU fans too. Because of Will who we met there at the bar. Is Will, that is that New Bryant? Yeah, New Bryant. Yeah, and then across the way was mostly Bama fans, but there was an LSU fan, like, the top right of the other side with the Bama fans, and, like, every time we scored, he would come down and high-five us or whatever. So it was pretty split, and we were being obnoxious. LSU hasn't beat Bama in, what, eight years? So we're going crazy. We're giving Bama all they want and more. Um, Craig's doing push-ups. Towards he, the did, end of the- he did one extra one because I think we missed an extra point or right. didn't do something. So Craig actually did 47 push-ups, one more than LSU scored. Yeah, and then, um, you know, I'm being in there. LSU's pretty much leading throughout. So in the fourth quarter, I'm just doing the Chris Berman tick-tick, tick-tick. Tick, tick. And I must have done that like 10 separate times. I know the Bama fans in there must have been hating us so much. But, man, it feels fucking good to beat Bama. And, Harley, you cashed on the money line, right? So, I had – so, this is my bets. I didn't have LSU money line. That was – I think that was Chris. So, I had LSU plus seven, LSU plus seven and a half. Joe Burrow over 297 and a half passing yards. Joe Burrow over 18 completions or something like that. And – Edwards Elair over two and a half receptions. And Burrow over two and a half touchdowns. I was burrowed out. And I won I swept all my bets. I was having a fucking time. How many units? We don't want to get into units because I couldn't all those props and shit. I couldn't get on the fucking app anyway. But Bob 
Bob would go to the bathroom and he saw Bama fans leaving and just ask him what the score is. Yeah, Bob that was, was being bad. a real dick. That was uh, that's being a sore winner right there. Act like you, even though we haven't been there in eight years, you know they just lost. Don't don't ask people what the score is. Come on, that's bush league in my opinion. Um, and Bob was also a dickhead to a, another Bama guy who were cranking hoons with out after the game yeah number 17 he spilt the guy's beer no, so what happened is uh bob started don vetoing craig we're like slapping craig on the head well, blah, he, blah 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 well blah. it's what bam did to phil on right. jackass but craig looks more like don Vito than phil so squinty eyes overweight might die soon so then bob then bob who had tried to, we forgot to mention this, tried to pick up Craig on the hike but couldn't lift him, uh, started kind of bitching, bitching, oh, Harley, I'll get your ass, blah, blah, blah. So he tries to pick me up. And, look, I, I, I remember sixth grade. I've wrestled before. I, I wasn't letting Bob pick me up. I was not helping him out at all. So Nothing I've, nothing good can come from a drunk person picking you up. So I was I was playing the bottom low man game. I, I was winning. You were about to say you're playing bottom. <laughs> and then uh then Bob ends up spilling his beer on this guy wearing a number seventeen jersey who every one of us are being cordial with. He didn't spill Bob's beer. He, he spilled did. my beer. That's what he did. He well, spilled my beer on him. He knocked the 17's beer out of his hand. And spilled... Okay, but he spilled mine on them. That too, I guess. So, anyway, so we go back in and... and I go, Bob, you got to buy this guy at least a beer now. Like, don't be a dickhead. You know, buy this guy a beer. And so, somebody's got to go chaperone Bob to make sure he actually goes and buys this guy a beer. So, I follow him in. I need another beer anyway. So, I order me a beer. Bob gets a beer... They get that other uh, 17 a beer, and all of a sudden, I get the bill. Bob's walking away. I'm like, you piece of shit. So, I, 17, I bought your beer, not Bob. Shout out to me. And I guess the only other thing I have about Century Bar is we met New Bryant, a.k.a. Will, who was uh, he was pretty good people. He was an LSU grad 2016, and he was up in Portland, and uh, he, he was missing being around Southerners. So, he, he clinged to us for a little while after this. Um, I think another thing is there was a scooter or something out there, and apparently, I think Bob and Ross joyrided this thing. I'm not sure how it happened, but uh, that was pretty it, funny you, you could rent them, so Ross rented it. So then they took it around for a second. So after that, Will says, oh, there's this great strip club here called Sassy's. This is like 4 PST. Okay, cool. We go over to Sassy's Middle of the Day Strip Club. This pop can't possibly be that great. This is my first strip club of the trip at this point. Me too. So we walk in, and it's it's got like three stages. There's one girl on one stage, and at this point, I didn't know that Portland was bottomless. So shout out to Portland for their being really sex positive, man. Uh, the bar actually had a bunch of draft beers, and like it was like actually like a dive bar in there. There was three stages? When you walked in, there was one on the left. There was one where we were sitting, and then there was one that opened up behind us that you went and sat at. Oh. So we all kind of get a table in the back. We realize draft beers are 275, and I start fucking pounding them. Actually, I've been pounding beers this whole time, but I started pounding a ton right there. So as everybody's kind of dispersing, 
Uh, I think most of the boys are on the stage. Somehow I get stuck with fucking Bob and, and New Bryant at this table. And for whatever reason, Bob thinks it's a good idea to tell Will about the Proud Boy story of Kruski the other night. I don't tell a stranger this story because I don't know what – he's from Louisiana, but I don't know his affiliations. And and you don't even really know what the Proud Boys are, so why would you tell a black guy that you're part of maybe like a pro-racist group? Makes sense that you would not tell the story. Well, anyway, he – But it is a funny story. He starts talking about – you know, yeah, yeah, Will's like, yeah, Portland's a terrible place to wear that shirt, dude. <laughs> yeah, they just marched over here. It was a big deal. I, I mean, that's that's bad stuff. And Bob's Literally wouldn't be an issue in any other city probably. Bob's sitting there talking about it. Uh, Ross and Russell ordered some food. I think Russell ordered like some kind of like egg McMuffin type thing. And Russell got like some like roast beef po' boy or some steak sandwich or something, which is another weird thing about Portland. All the strip clubs, a lot have food and it's all pretty decent stuff. Cause I tried their food and it was, it was actually really good. So, um, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about on there? Oh, uh, you want me to get into it? I will. Um, so when we're, when we're trying to get out of this place, I, my memories of this place are kind of hazy. Like, I sort of remember it. I remember you, the chicks had a lot of tattoos, and if you were on the stage, like, you had to pay, you had to tip, they had a rule. A dollar had, a song. Yeah, you had to tip, like, each stripper a dollar Which or is a common theme, except for one bar was $2 a song. Which, not a big deal, whatever, it's a dollar. Um, so, as we're leaving there, the fucking bouncers, dude had like a flak jacket and face tats on, and then some other guy like swore me, and they're like, this guy was taking pictures in here, get his phone. I'm like, are you going to take my phone? And like, yes, give me your phone, this is a felony or some shit. So in the strip club, well, you know, I like to take a couple pictures in the strip club, just an artistic kind of thing, you know, I'm not going to beat off to him later. I have some great pictures of strip clubs. This is me and Craig, you know, Craig sent me snaps of strip clubs all the time. So I guess I was so drunk, and I was, I, I, Apparently, I was obviously, you know, taking pictures and they did not like it or or what or they were just vigilant, which as far as the Portland people go there, you'd say the bartenders and all that are pretty vigilant. So as I'm leaving, I get swarmed by this tattooed guy, flak jacket, this other guy, give me your phone, give me your phone. And I'm I'm sort of like freaking out, and they're talking about felonies and all that shit. So I'm just like, all right, man. They're like not letting me leave. So I'm like, okay, you got your phone. And I just had I I think I have my eyes wide. Like, what are they gonna fucking do? So they they have my phone. He's like, give me the fa- password or whatever. Like, do the password on my phone, all that. And they're like going through my pictures. And at one point, I hear them say like, he's got a baby or something like that. And at that point, I'm like, what the fuck are they gonna do on my phone? Like, I did you know I just took a couple pictures of strippers like. Not that big of a deal. And they're like freaking out, talking about this is a felony, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm just like, do what you need to do. Give me back my fucking phone. Like, I'm kind of freaking out. Well, apparently they give me back my phone. We leave the strip club. And we, I guess people are trying to go to the next strip club. Or we're just trying to get out of there. I, I think we ended up leaving and going to um, Slammer's Tavern. So we walked a couple more blocks down. And uh, New Bryant had recommended this place, said it was a good dive bar because I think Bob had been talking up the dive bars. Him and New Bryant were best friends. So anyway, we go to the Slammer Tavern, 
and there's one bartender serving probably about like 15 to 20 people, and she was doing a hell of a job. Played a little skeet ball in there. Ski ball. Ski ball. What'd I say? Skeet ball. Ooh, skeet ball sounds better. Um, but I started getting hungry at this point because I didn't really eat at the strip club. Now it's probably like 7 o'clock or so, and I start cruising my phone. I see this place called Pizza Jerk, and I was like, ooh, I want some za. I know who would want some za. Hey, Craig, you want some za? Craig's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do some I'll do some pizza. So me and Craig are getting ready to go. And then uh, Al, who you were fucking wasted high. You were fucking gone pretty good here. We all go walk to uh, Pizza Jerk, which was like two block, three blocks away. And we get some pretty good quality za. I got a picture of that pizza. It's pretty good. No, it was, it was fucking good. We'll Pepper, post- pepperonis were a little small, though. Eh. It was good pizza. It was good pizza. We needed that. So we ended up getting, uh, it was like a two slice of pizza and like a, a a pounder for like seven bucks or something like that. It was it was definitely a good price. And so we walk back with our beers and we get back to Slammer Tavern. And as I'm drinking my uh, the rest of my pounder, my PBR, bartender comes out and she's fucking working her ass off. Grabs my beer, says that's a $3,000 fine. I didn't give you that beer. If somebody catches me, takes it in the trash. They're so fucking vigilant, and I was these like, bars God and strip damn, clubs. These Louisiana people just don't give fucks. Portland's like fucking Hawkeye in your ass. Yeah. Do you remember anything else from the Slammer Tavern? I, I missed that part, but I heard about it the next day, and I thought that was pretty damn funny. Um so, I, I, do you remember what happens after that? Because I, I really don't remember. Right. I just remember waking up the next day. I remember, right. you know, we ate the pizza and all that. And I think from what I heard, you know, a couple of us went back to the house. All right. So, what happens is, <clears throat> at this point, we got to have a couple Ubers. So, well, I forget who calls one of them. And we end up getting uh, Will or New Bryant. Russell, Ross, Grant, Cag, and me getting an Uber to go to Casa Diablo because Will said this was the best one. It was also recommended to us from um, one of our Uber drivers before that also recommended Devil's Point and Century. So this person has been pretty good. So we said, okay, let's go. And by the way, Casa Diablo is only like 3.6 on Google. So Chris and Cag, go rate it, you fuckers. So we get, we pull up to the Uber and we go to the strip club. Now y'all caught a different Uber and went back to the Airbnb. So that was you, Chris, Bob, and Kruski. I think went back to the Airbnb. And I think me and Chris just ended up staying at the house. Yes. And Bob and Kruski tried u- to come to try to Uber to the strip club we were at. Right. All right. So we get to Casa Diablo. The lady. Uh, we passed security. The lady up front's giving us all the rules. Say it's an $8 cover. She's topless with fucking gigantic tits. Biggest I've ever seen. Good or bad? I couldn't do anything with them, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like a, it was like a carnival experience. They were just gigantic, bigger than your head. Dude, they're bigger than Chen's head. Holy fuck. Were they real or fake? I don't I, I think they were real, dude. I don't know these things. How big me. was this lady? Bigger than Chen's head? Are you serious? Yeah. Give, she, she wasn't a small lady. For she, the for the people who don't know Chen, give some other rep, point of reference of her tits. 
I mean, basketball. I'm thinking bigger than basketball. Bigger than a basketball? Dude, they're fucking huge, man. Oh, dude. But anyway, so she's sitting there talking, and I guess Russell's like enamored in the boobs or something. So he asks a question. She goes, oh, were you not paying attention? I'll go over it all over again. We're like, well, no, 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 no. And she's like, okay, $8, $8 to come in. I was like, oh, well, we're on a bachelor party. Y'all going to do anything fun for our buddy? And I, I, and since Bob wasn't with us, I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw Craig under the bus here. That poor I like, bus. I was like, Craig, Craig's the bachelor right here, this guy. She goes, oh, okay, well, you get in free. I was like, oh, fuck. Backfired. <laughs> So all of us pay eight. Craig goes in free. We walk up to the bar. I said, well, Craig, since you got in free and I fucking caused that, buy me a beer. Pulled a knob lock on him. And hey, he- you got him in free. That's it. Yeah, see, I knew you would agree with me. Hey. So, so he goes and he, he buys me. Um, everything's draft beer. So we got a draft. I forget what it was. Draft something. And we're drinking the beer. We're waiting for uh, the rest of the boys to get drinks. And immediately, a stripper sniffs out Craig's desperation and is on him like white on rice. Yeah, so this this stripper starts telling Craig, "Yeah, I just got here. I uh, this is my first. Your first person to talk to on the shift. I brought a bag of toys." And Craig's like, "Oh, really? Is it toys?" And she's like, "Yeah. So it's a uh, fifty dollars for a song, a hundred dollars uh, for three. And uh, go in the back room, and this place you can touch, because Portland was no touch everywhere else. Arrested development, so, no touching. So Craig was, Craig was, you know, you see him, he's singing a pound. This girl's not attractive. There's, like, smoke shows everywhere but this one girl. I love and how that's she, the one that Craig's, mm, he's got teeth stuck into. I love how she gave Craig the... This is my first shift ever working at this place. And no, it she wasn't first toys. shift. It wasn't first shift ever. First, first shift that day. Oh, but, okay. But she just got there. Um, so Craig wanted some fresh meat. So immediately, boom! Craig's in the back room. No, no questions asked. Like immediately gone. So I, I take my beer. We're with the boys. We go outside for a little while in the smoking patio, just chilling. What's at what's at the smoking patio at the strip club? There's no strippers out there, right? No, they had strippers out there smoking. Oh, really? The strippers go out there to smoke, or they'd go talk to clients who were smoking. And they go, they go. What but kind they of, weren't like stripping out there. They were just out there. Well, what was their attire out there? Because it was kind of cold outside. Yeah, they were wearing stripper attire. They they're wearing <laughs> them jackets and shit. So we hang out there for a little while. We go back inside. We um. Get a table, and we're sitting there at the table, and uh, Russell gets the menu and orders a, because this is a vegan strip club, (laughs) orders like, I called it a spinach pie, which isn't really what it is, but he gets a spinach pie, and when it comes out, these two strippers, uh, Grant's kind of sitting to my right, so a stripper sits to the right of Grant, Ross in between Ross and me, there was kind of an open open seat. So one of the strippers sits right there. So she's trying to make conversation with me, and I'm not going in the back with you. No, she was hot, but I'm not going in the back with you. I'm just, I was like, yeah, that's the bachelor. I was trying to talk up Craig, blah, 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 blah. Keep guess, that gimmick going. I guess Grant was doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, you see the stripper walk over, whispering to Craig, and they go in the back. 
I look over at Grant. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I bought, her, I bought him a dance. I was like, what the fuck? Grant bought Craig a dance? What the hell? So, Russell's eating his fucking spinach pie and starts asking the stripper to my left questions about it. He's like, oh, this food's really good. Do you know what's in it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, tofu. He's like, oh, damn, there's tofu in here? She's like, yeah. You want to try a bite? He's got it on his Oh, floor. my God. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. So, asking the stripper the fucking house recipes. So while all this is going on, all of a sudden you hear this like, And we look up, and I look at Grant. I was like, Grant, does that stripper have a butt plug in? Grant's like, yeah, she's got a butt plug in. So they got this stripper that's on stage spinning around doing acrobatic shit with a butt plug in. And every time she smacks her ass on the ground, you hear the butt plug. Damn. And we're sitting there, and as we're watching her, all of a sudden she pulls out a dildo. And I look over at Grant. I was like, what's about to happen? And she starts fucking going to town on herself on the stage. I was like, I've never seen this before. This was amazing. <laughs> well, was she getting a lot of tips? Oh, yeah. People were just walking up there and putting dollars up there. No, no, one, no one making it rain? No, no, no. Nothing like that. So, Russell's sitting there eating his food, watching this. <laughs> Russell's eating his spinach pie. R- Ross and, uh, and New Bryant were kind of a few over from me. And they're sitting there. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is awesome, blah, blah, blah. Well, about this time, Bob and Krusky show up outside. Bob evidently falls out of the Uber, walks up to the, the bouncer, and the bouncer goes, no, nah, I saw you fall out the Uber. You're too drunk. You're not coming in. The bouncer or the lady with huge tits? No, the bouncer. He's in front of the lady with the huge tits. You got to get by him to see the tits. So... Bob gets upset. Evidently, he texts Russell, or somehow Russell knows they're here because Russell ends up disappearing, and, and I didn't know where he was at the time. So Russell ends up going outside, and Russell's wearing like a hat, not like a fedora, but like just a like a I don't know how to describe his hat he's wearing. Indiana Jones, but not as cool. Yeah. So he goes out there, and they try to put the hat on Bob and Krusky's leather jacket on Bob to disguise Bob. They try to do a little rascal's disguise where they can somehow fool somebody by putting a hat and a shirt on and saying and not changing his face at all, but saying it's a different person. So they so they try to get in that way, and the guy's like, dude, I, I can recognize you. You're not coming in. So then they go out the other way. And they notice that there's like a there's like a hill, so you can get on this hill and almost get on top of the roof. So they start scoping that out, and the bouncer walks up. He's like, "Guys, fuck no, you're not doing that." <laughs> so they're all trying to get Bob in. Well, in the meantime, we're in the strip club, and here comes a second butt plug stripper up there. She's doing fucking crazy shit. This other stripper's up there. She's got, like, fishnet stockings and shit, and she's got, like, a police baton or something. She pulls out and starts fucking going to town on herself. <laughs> Second masturbation of the night. With a police baton? That's what it looked like. It looked like a nightstick. Damn. So then there's a pair of strippers, so they're, like, dancing together. We saw them up on there earlier, but they're, like, one's holding on to the pole, and the other one's grabbing either the ankle or the other arm of the chick, and they're spinning around this pole like fucking... 
really acrobatic. It was like acro yoga with a stripper pole. Yeah, but then they get to the top of the pole, and I don't know how they position themselves, but while one of them's holding on with their arm and the leg, the other one's holding on with an arm, and the one's eating the other's asshole as they're sliding <laughs> down the pole. Casa Diablo fucking bringing it. I, I was like, I was like, oh my god, is, is that chick eating the other chick's ass? So it was, I can tell you, it was fucking wild. I've never been in a place like that. Damn, they were I missed all out. fucking hot too. Like, oh my god. Besides the one stripper Craig went with. Yeah, besides her, I don't know. Anyway, don't bust your wad as soon as you get in there, Craig. Act like you've been there before. So while we're sitting there. Grant gets a phone call from, I guess it was a FaceTime or something for Bobby, picks it up, and I guess there's a stripper sitting next to Grant at that point. Starts giving Grant some shit because you're not supposed to pick up your phone in this club. Like, if you touch your phone, you're getting... He's like, dude, FaceTime, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I see it, but you got to put it away, blah, blah, blah. So Grant walks outside. Well, now we're just kind of sitting there like, eh, all right, we've seen some crazy shit. It's like now... Midnight or so, we've probably been in the strip club for two and a half hours. I was like, y- y'all ready? Everyone. Been drinking for, what time did the LSU game come on this time? Uh, 12.30. Yeah, so we've been drinking for about, you've been drinking for about 12 hours straight. I was probably sleeping at this point. Well, but yeah, we even started drinking before we, we went to the bar. So, But anyway, we um, we go out to the strip club. That's when we see Bob and Krusky and Bob's bitching. They won't let him in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm hammered. I'm tired. I've seen so many good tits. I'm just ready to go to sleep. I said, Craig, I'm calling an Uber. I'm going home. Craig said, all right, that's a good idea. I'll go home. So the the rest of this story is kind of hearsay. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what happened? So Bob, Krusky, Russell, Ross, and Will knew Bryant. They were talking about this place called Acropolis, which is supposedly another strip club that's got really good steak. Now, I, it's 12-something. I'm not looking for no fucking steak, but they go to get this fucking strip club and a steak. So they end up at Acropolis. Now, as far as what happens at Acropolis, I don't really know much, but this is where we meet, we trade Will for Billy. Now... Come to me. I've been at the, I've only went to one strip club and apparently I've been sleeping. I wake up in a bed. I've got all my clothes on besides my shoes and my shoes are next to me on the bed. They're not even on the floor. But I wake up to some commotion and I think it was 5:44 a.m. So I hear some people come in. I don't feel terrible. I'm up, and I'm like, if they're going to be loud, like, might as well just go down there and see what the hell happened. So I go down there. It's Krusky, it's Bob, and it's this Asian guy in a red Supreme beanie and a red Supreme hoodie, and they're all talking. And the, the Bob and Bob and Krusky are like, this is Billy. And I start calling Billy a hype beast from Jump because he's in a Supreme hoodie and a Supreme Beanie, and apparently they met this Billy guy at at Acropolis or one of these strip clubs. It was at Acropolis. It was in the parking lot. So Billy, because Kru- wouldn't like, I think they wouldn't let Krusky into Acropolis. I yeah, it was another one of these strip clubs bars where they wouldn't let somebody in. So Bob, 
Kruski, Billy, and this guy named Doug, who was apparently a guy in a Portland Trailblazer hat, uh, tall white guy. I don't know. I wasn't there. <clears throat> but apparently they all went from this strip club to another strip club called, I think, Golden Dragon, and Billy was the driver. So Billy had no idea that Bob and Kruski knew each other. He thought Bob and Doug or somebody and Doug knew each other. So I come downstairs at 545 in the morning, and I hear them talking, and Billy's like, what happened to Doug? And they're like, we don't know who the fuck Doug is, you know, and they're all talking. There's like a, a porno magazine that they picked up from a strip club in there. Uh, after about 15 minutes of us talking shit, just me, you know, trying to figure out what they did for the rest of the night, Craig comes down at six in the morning and Craig is like, you know, any of you guys hungry, whatever we have those red barons that we bought at the Safeway. So Craig gets one of those fired up in the oven. We're eating frozen pizza at six 15 pizza for breakfast. Hell yeah. You bet your ass. And you know, one man who knows their way around a frozen pizza, Fucking fat Craig. He cooked that thing to perfection. No stone. Didn't have a fucking, what do they call that? Pizza, what do they call that? Pizza roller, pizza cutter. He didn't have a pizza cutter or anything. Cut that bitch into four slices. Real crispy crust. Mwah. Montebani. So good. We cook another one. We keep talking shit and whatnot. Now, Harley, what time do you end up waking up? I'm probably up there by 7, so y'all go probably about an hour before I end up getting up there. Yeah, so we're just shooting the shit. Kruski and Bob still haven't gone to bed. Craig's up from sleeping. I'm up from sleeping. Harley comes down, and Harley sees... I I just see Harley look at the, the guy in the Billy red hoodie, red beanie supreme. He just looks at him, kind of gives a little confused look and then just acts like everything is normal now what we don't mention is billy is a supremely asian guy with hair down to his shoulders so you don't get a lot of that in louisiana so billy's the new eric basically which we'll get to eric um so harley comes down sees him and harley's a psychopath and he's hell-bent on going for another run well so, first of all, when I walk in, I look, and I'm like, all right, I was expecting Will maybe to still be here somehow. We traded Will for new Eric. I'm just like, all right, fuck it. I don't, I don't even, not even going to ask. Everybody was acting like it was normal, so I just sat down, had my energy drink and a, and a fucking protein bar. I was like, well, might as well just get ready to fucking run, and I just... Didn't you go puke? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I so I drank a little bit of peach fizz rain, which I'll never buy again. <laughs> and I went, I went to the. I was like, oh, this ain't sitting right. Went down and puked. And after that puke, I felt all right. Maybe I'll go run to puke some more. And what actually, a fucking made a psycho. I made a five k without puking, so that was cool. But um, good lord. Um, but, so we're sitting there bullshitting. Harley said he woke up at seven, went for a run, all that. Around 7.50, Billy looks at looks over at Kruski. Billy's still here from like 5.45 from the night before. Everybody hadn't slept. Well, Billy, Kruski, and Bob haven't slept. And he looks at Kruski and goes, Hey, uh, you ready to make a store run with me? And Kruski's like, all right, yeah. And Billy wants to go to 
this dispensary that opens at 8 a.m. And we're like, oh, you know, we mentioned I go, oh, this place, Chalice Farms is apparently, you know, really close. You guys going to go there or whatever he goes. Oh, no, that doesn't open till nine. And he knows this like straight off the bat without looking at his phone or anything. We're going to so and so. So I was like, all right. So at like 750 in the morning, these two jabronis leave to go to a dispensary. That opens at 8 a.m. And apparently they get there and are sitting in the parking lot before the dispensary even opens. Talk about a bunch of junkies. So that was pretty goddamn funny. Him and Kruski come back. I think I went to take a shit or do something. Um, and and they, maybe a shower. And I come back. They're gone. Uh, they eventually show back up, and then Billy finally leaves at like around eight thirty in the morning. After he, he just stays in the house for like three hours. Kruski tells him the Airbnb code for the key. He goes, "Oh, I think it's uh one three eight eight. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's definitely." It. I was like, "Kruski, why are you telling this random fucking guy what the code is for the key?" But uh, thankfully, Billy was a nice guy, and, and that didn't come back to haunt us. But it was very bizarre, but very hilarious. We'll post a picture of Billy uh, with the episode. A.K.A. New Eric. Oh, yeah. He's way cooler than Eric. He's He wears Supreme. All right. So Sunday, for the most part, was a chill day. Everybody had went hard for basically two straight days. And I know I'm just ready to watch some fucking football. It starts at like 10 in the morning over there. We started drinking at 10 for like a chill day. We didn't go out, but was fucking drinking and, and smoking and whatnot at 10 a.m. So got a little loose that day, too. But as far as hard, as far as the other days, yeah, I agree. We well, were we were just at the chill- house. Yeah, we were just chilling at the house. Watch a lot of football. I went and got me some Panzerati Fertitis. Yeah, hardly saw what I'd gotten at the food truck the other day, and, and he doubled down. I, I, you know, I don't like to... Normally, if I go to a place and I know what's good, I'll I'll keep going there and ordering the same shit. But there's a bunch of food trucks in here. I go, I'm going to mix it up for lunch. So I get a lamb shawarma from one of these other food trucks. It's fucking amazing. Juicy, uh, juicy, tender lamb. Nice, nice, uh, nice little pita bread. Nice little sauce they had in there. I was like, this is fucking good. I'm going to go order me another one. Craig, of course, follower. He orders chicken shawarma some other shit in there his is good too so I, I eat two lamb shawarmas there we go back watch the rest of the games huh yeah we went back and watched the rest of the games and yeah. i think somewhere in the the second the second round of games or whatever fucking russell there's a stray black cow out outside he just goes oh let's Let's just fuck with everybody. Let me open the door. So he opens the door, and this black cat runs in the goddamn house, and then everybody starts freaking out. You don't want feral cats in your house. Definitely not. That's for fucking sure. So at this point, Grant's been a really good host. Great host. And I felt kind of like, all right, someone's going to step up, and all these jabronis aren't going to do it. We've already had one animal piss on our floors. <laughs> yeah, we don't need another one. So I I go up there, and I realize the cat's all the way upstairs. I see it. It got that far upstairs? Yeah, it was upstairs. It was in the bedroom. You know, since Harley's a country man, he's used to wrangling animals. I go up there, and I grab it from behind, 
<laughs> and I hold it straight armed out into where hopefully he can't scratch me. I'm, I'm guessing he's got claws since he's outside cat. So I come down the stairs, and when I get towards the door, I need somebody to open it. But everybody in here is just giggling that I got the cat in my hand. I so definitely, then, I'm taking a picture. The cat's like fucking twitching and it's, it's getting angry and it's moving. I'm, I'm trying to grab it. I'm like, mm, fuck. It's finally, somebody's nice enough and opens the door and I throw the fucking cat outside and that thing ran down the block. Thank God I didn't get uh, that picture of pussy deleted from my phone. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the first one. But, um,. Other than that, did you have anything before you, uh, before you went to bed? I didn't go to bed. Oh, I'm sorry. Before you went to go on your flight and we went out to another strip club. Well, I'll mention uh, I was finding it humorous all day because I have a four-month-old. Shout out to Leo at home who loves playing with his hands and, and putting his hands together, putting his hands in his mouth. For the entire trip, like when we were at the house, Craig would intertwine both of his hands and rest them on his enormous stomach. So anytime I saw that, it reminded me of my son, and I just started fucking cracking up. So I got a picture of that. That I found that humorous. Um, so everyone after the games was going to uh, that Devil's Point club that some of the guys went to the first night, and I was like, well... Um, you know, I may go there, but I got my flights for a little bit before midnight, and I got to get to the airport a little early. So I've been drinking and, and whatnot all day. So I'm going to take a shower, pack my shit together, and if I got some time, you know, I'll come meet you guys out there for what? Stripper karaoke? Yeah, they called it stripper karaoke. So when we're walking over there, oh, I forgot to say that at this point, I changed my flight. Um, I didn't, I did not. Get to the same time as I predicted I would with Al. I I got a free one to move from 1230 in the afternoon on Monday to 5 a.m. on Monday. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and go with that. I'll figure out how much sleep I get. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. So when we were walking to Devil's Point, I said, look, Al's not coming out because I bet there's a cover here. And if there's a cover for a dollar, Al won't come over here for a cover. Well, that wasn't for uh, that wasn't the reason why. <laughs> but before you guys left, Krusky lit up a joint, shared it with me, and then I had to shower and all that. So in that sh- like I'm moving super slow. I've been drinking all day. I I need to pack my shit up. I need to get to the airport, which is like 20 minutes away. I need to get through TSA and all that. And after all that shenanigans in the strip club, there's, you know, it kind of scared me straight of bringing anything through the airport. So I'm, I'm just trying to get there and get through it. So, you know, I I may have gone to the club since it wasn't that far away, but, you know, I'm moving slow. And by the time I get out of the shower and get all my shit packed, it's basically almost nine o'clock and I got to get an Uber to the airport. So I, I just, I think I got an Uber around nine 30 or, or around 10 o'clock. I think it was around nine 30. Yeah, it was so- 20 minutes to the airport. I'm at the airport around 10. I'm my flights for 1155. Like I didn't have time to walk over there. So I think we ended up at the strip club right before nine o'clock. So stripper karaoke started at nine. So basically the big thing is is you go up there and you sing while stripper dances in front of you. But like you're on the corner of the stage and they're doing like crazy acrobatic shit. By the way, all the Portland strippers, very, very tasteful, very hot. Most of them had tats and they were all fucking acrobatic. They like they were fucking like these are these are real strippers. These ain't no fucking punk ass bitches. They were Yeah, good. but like I you 
the acrobatics with a strip of those overrated. Yeah, but they can like when they're bottomless and they're still moving like that. It's impressive. <laughs> so, so did the like strip- I saw so much brown eye, dude. What do you think I was taking pictures for? <laughs> so, I know you ain't gonna eat no brown eye. <laughs> Don't you fucking get me started. So with the strippers. If the people were singing, would the stripper would just be in the background? Did they ever no, interact no, no. They with the singer? They weren't in the background. The person's in the background. The stripper's on the stage. So, like, you're on the stripper stage. They just sit you in the corner with you're a mic. You're in the back corner? Yeah. You made it seem like you were in the front corner. No, no, no. You're in the back corner. So, the stripper's okay. doing all this shit. And, yeah, they'll fuck with you. So, like, she'll... Like, one of them was, like, acting like the guy was fucking her, like, while he was singing. Uh. And she was yawning and, like... <laughs> So like it, that's it, pretty funny. It was pretty funny. It was the DJ was annoying as fuck. So he was terrible. He kept, no DJ Dan. No, he was awful. But the uh, the rest of it was was pretty fucking. Did good. Did any of y'all get and sit, get up there so, and do a karaoke? So they they I left. I Irish goodbye their ass probably around like ten forty five or so. But. They were all up at the stage except for Chris. Chris was in the back t- on a back table with me that we just took over for some people. And because we were so many people between us and the stage, me and Chris never could sh- could tip because we were so far away. So we were just watching the show. Oh, what a shame! Yep. Um. So we're. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Portland. I owe you a couple bucks. So so none of the they, they none put of the, their names on the, the list, but boys. they never they never got called. Oh, okay. And so after that, I ended up. Uh. Going back and, and catching like a couple hours of sleep. but So I wake up about 2 in the morning to catch my Uber. Well, by the time I wake up and get in the front room, the first wave of guys are coming back. By guys, I mean everybody but Chris. So everybody's in the front room about 2 a.m. We're kind of bullshitting and talking. As you're getting ready to catch your flight. Yeah, as, yeah I'm getting ready. My Uber's coming like 2.30. You, you take a run first? No, I did not. <laughs> so we're sitting there and we're talking and – I'd been gaslighting Chris about the fucking Casa Diablo. So they ended up after Devil's Point, they went to Casa Diablo. Well, Chris evidently was man left behind, didn't want to leave, was a pig in shit. So he stayed behind. The one man? Yes, the one man. Now, while they were there, somehow Russell ended up trying on a stripper's shoes and trying to walk around the smoking area. So I got. They were showing me pictures of Russell. Very blurry pictures. Very blurry. But they were sitting there talking about it. It was pretty fucking funny. I've never seen anybody take wear stripper heels at the strip club and start walking around. Well, during the bachelor party festivities, Russell did say he would get pegged by his wife for ten thousand dollars. So he was in the cross dressing mood, which I guess now is the perfect segue to address uh, one of our good friends' podcast. Uh, guest we've had on before, Eric, Notre Dame Law School student. While we were away, he was attending a wedding for one of our uh, friends we friends we knew in college. And instead of coming to the bachelor party, he went to this wedding. Eric would not have survived this bachelor party. Well, apparently at this, he he may have not survived the wedding. He 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 was staying with Grant's wife in New Orleans instead of getting a hotel room. And Grant and Grant and his wife gave him a key to their place. So when Eric came home from the wedding, he said he got mugged, he got robbed, and you know got shit taken from him. Well, 
at gunpoint. And then when Grant's wife said, you know, really someone pulled a gun on you? Well, he goes, well, and then the story ended up, I mean, this is all hearsay. Sources say, sources say that, uh, he was blackout drunk and came to, and he was in a car with, uh, a transvestite and maybe some other person. And they were taking him to go to an ATM to take money out. And he came to him and was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to go take money out in front of these people. And the and when he allegedly got mugged, the only thing he was missing was Grant and his wife's key to their house, which he found the next day. So who knows what happened? But we all made up the gimp. Well, we kind of know what happened. We, th- we thought he got mugged by Big Frida, New Orleans bounce legend, who uh, is of the he she persuasion so i really had a lot of fun with that gimmick i don't think that gimmick will ever get old but eric if you want to come on the podcast to discuss uh we'd love to hear we'd love to hear your side of the story because as they always say there's three sides to every story her side his side and the trainee side yeah eric it's that's a, hell, a tough. That's a, a tough of, look. It's a hell of a story. That's a tough look. I don't think you'd have survived the bachelor party. It was. It, it, this was way too crunk for. Eric. I couldn't. Have, I don't know if I could have handled Eric on it. I don't know. What do you mean? You he'd don't been know giggling. If you he'd have been giggling too much. Oh, he definitely would have liked it. But I mean, hey, uh, like I always say, bros before hoes doesn't exist. That, that's a. That's an idealist. It's like communism. On paper, it looks great, but bros versus hoes just doesn't work out. And Eric, he didn't pick the bros. But, hey, you know, you, you make your bed, you'll lie in it. All right, so just real quick, we're going to run down this the, the over-under bets or the bets, the predictions we had. So, well, oh, you got something else? Before that, I'll say my flight home, I was drinking and whatnot all day, and I was catching a red eye. And it ended up getting a fucking middle. Well, the TSA line was long as shit. And when you're when you're kind of tired and you've been partying all day, the last thing you want to be is hot. it was so hot in that airport. Like I don't know about you, but in the winter when people have the heater on and it's like that, you know that hot. That, there's a certain heat of the heater that just. Gets under my skin, so I had like a long sleeve shirt and a jacket on. So and I was in the line, and I was, you know, I was, I wouldn't say I was drunk, but I had a lot of substances in my system. I was just, I was over it. I waited in the TSA line for like at least thirty minutes. It was ridiculous. They only had one TSA agent, and then at a certain point in that line, that f- I, I'm, I'm a pinpoint it since no one else had it. That lamb shawarma. Started tearing my stomach up, man. It fucking hurt. I I ended up switching after TSA. I ended up switching to a short sleeve shirt, and then I get on the flight. My stomach's like before the flight. My stomach's killing me. Like before boarding, I'm like I may have to go fucking take a really bad shit, but I'm gonna hold off as long as I can. And then I get on the flight, and I'm in the middle seat. Old, there's this old smaller lady towards the window, and then the aisle seat is this guy as big as Chen, maybe even like I would say taller, not as big of a head. And he's like, he's lean, he's getting to into my personal space. 
I can't the the way the plane's set up, the armrests aren't like I have to lean really down to use the armrest. So if I'm trying to sleep and lean over, the AC from the top isn't hitting me. I can't sleep for more than 15 seconds before waking up. And my stomach is just in knots. So after probably an hour or so, I wake Chen up next to me. I go, dude, I, I can you get up? I gotta go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom and and just a dry diarrhea shit. It's bad. It hurts. And it's irritating my asshole. Like, I need some Boudreaux's butt pace after this. But I get through it. I'm in the bathroom for probably about three to five minutes, which whenever you're in your bathroom for that long on an airplane, you kind of feel bad. But when duty calls... And then when I finally land for my connecting flight at like 5 a.m. in Dallas, I head straight for the bathroom and deposit some more uh, baggage. So that that was not fun. And then, you know, then I get home, I sleep for a couple hours. And then um, that night, you know, I go to bed early and sleep for a while. All the boys say when they went to sleep, they were sweating in their sleep. What about you? Were you sweating in your sleep? You're talking about on the plane? No, just like afterwards. Like I, Bob said he slept for 15 hours and he's never woke up more sweaty. Uh, they're, they're all saying they like were waking up sweaty. I was like, I was like, withdrawals are real, boys. Like they were all detoxing off of just uh, partying. No, I, I didn't sweat. I but I haven't slept nearly as good as I normally do. I, I, it's been rough. I, I don't know what it is that fucking Great Northwest takes some shit out of you. Yeah. So. Um, literally. And you, you got any Portland impressions? I know everyone during the trip was saying like, there's a bunch of homeless people in tents. I think they're really sex positive, man. What do you mean? In Portland, they're very sex positive. What, what does that mean? Butt plug stuff? They're just, they're open. They, no panties on the stage, brown eye everywhere. And they're, they're making a living and they're not ashamed of it. Okay. I think, I think if I was in Portland, and I was a single guy. Any attractive chick that I talked to that looked fit, I would assume they're a stripper after going around the strip clubs. Really? Yeah. They're every, there's a strip club everywhere, dude. And they're all hot chicks in there. They have to have all the hot chicks be strippers. I don't understand it. Yeah, so my impressions are a lot of um, tents and homeless people. And I felt like it was kind of dingy. Like, I kind of felt like I was in Mississippi, Arkansas. It was just more cloudy and overcast. I got kind of a, uh, I got kind of white trash vibes. When we were sitting around in the food trucks and people would pass me, I normally don't have this, but I had, like, the sneaking suspicion to just watch my back. Like, I, I, I didn't, I felt like they were shifty people. Which, oh, I could have been I, paranoid. I think you're paranoid. You're too high, bro. Yeah, man, could be possible. I, so, I didn't have any issue with anybody. I, mean, I didn't have any issue with them, but I got those vibes. Like, I got dingy, mildewy, kind of shifty I mean, people it was vibes. The, the, where we were was not necessarily like downtown Portland or anything. So, it could have just been the pl- where we were. But it was like, a, it just like, it seemed like it was like an old Midwestern town. Um. Yeah, you're right. That seemed Midwest Dingy? to you, like like in south southeast Missouri, they have houses like that. So right, so it's like it it seemed sort of rurally, but with the with the kind of overcastness and all that, kind of have a mildew, you know, sort of vibe to it. 
You want to go into predictions? Yeah. All right. These are predictions from the pre-bachelor party pod. Yep. So uh, the fight, nobody got in a fight, but I would say Kruski would have been the closest. Yeah, about two hours. We hadn't even left the airport yet, and we are like, oh, yeah, we definitely fucked up about who would get in a fight most because uh, it was definitely Kruski. Kruski apparently slept on the lady next to him on one of the flights, and uh, I believe a direct quote from Ross or I think it was Ross said, I've never heard someone louder on a plane before. So thank God he made it there and back. Um, the prediction of over two and a half strip clubs hit with ease. I think Craig probably totaled about five. I was that for the group or for Craig, that prediction? I think it was for Craig. Or, yeah, it was for Craig. Well, he hit that easy. Yeah, he hit that in the first night if you count the whorehouse. Um, oh, well, he went to De- I thought he went. I thought they went to Devil's Point or whatever. They didn't go there? They went to some other place? They went to Devil's place? Point. They went to one other place, and they went to that whorehouse. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they went to three. Yeah. Uh-oh. There was still another one a block away that they didn't go to. But uh, and then Craig went to Acropolis, Casa Diablo, and Sassy's. So I think he might have been at six. Oh, any yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> big over. Yeah, that was that was lock a of the bad, bad lines. Lock Some of the sedge. spread. The leave people behind. Yep, did that. I left early. Boom, did that. I ran every morning. Boom, did that. No drinking contest, so that one didn't hit. And Craig quit in the hike. That hit. Easy money. Um, who's your trip MVP? Oh, Grant by far. Lancelot. Grant arranged everything prior, created a Facebook group, which I'm not on Facebook, but he texted me aside knowing I'm not on Facebook and said, okay, this is the flight we're taking. This is where we're staying, all that. So big shout out to him just for doing that. And then he got the van, which had a bunch of space. Great van. I love that bang bus. He drove the van the whole time. He was um, conscious enough to not drink and be able to drive when he needed to. Uh, He bought all the booze at Safeway and got the card. Big shout-out for that. Um, Knew when to pick up Bob from the airport. He fucking returned the van, which nobody fucking appreciated. Um, what else did he do? Uh, oh, and he, you know, Grant, hey, you deserved all those hoons, buddy. All right, I agree with you. Big MVP, 100%. big time, easy, easy Run away. MVP. All right, well, who's your least valuable player? Your LVP. Hmm. I got two choices. I mean, Kruski was definitely the hardest to wrangle. That's Easy, that's easy, but... Um, Could Bob possibly be the LVP of his own bachelor party? Because I think it's Bob. He he. I wouldn't, I wouldn't he say... He dipped in the sink and clogged the sink. He pissed on the floor and then laughed at you. He puked somewhere, and I, I forget where he actually puked. Um, He woke me and Chris up a bunch of times trying to get a three-way in the bed with us. Hmm. He, it's, it's, his flight he, was delayed. His flight was delayed. He got couldn't get into um, Casa Diablo the first night because he was too drunk. The stripper at Acropolis, when they went back for Ross's stuff, 
remembered Bob and knew and remembered him as a drunk idiot. Which Craig also went back to Acropolis that night. So. Well, that's the first time Craig went to Acropolis. Oh, okay. So. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I think Bob might be high up there. He was, he was definitely being Bob. Talking shit to the Alabama fans when he won the game, you know, act like you've been there before. Spilling the beer on him. Spilling the beer. Spilling his beer. Hey, you make it you make a compelling argument. I think he needs to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I think that's all I got here. It's a very well, long episode. I got one last question. Okay. Who do you think the sleeper of the trip was? Who had just a great trip that you didn't see coming? What do you mean? I mean every everyone was gonna have a good time. Um, you mean who had the least bad time? No, who was the person that outperformed your expectation of them during the trip? Eh, I think everybody performed at basically standards. I I think Chris outperformed. He was on he was on edibles. He and did. Like, he, and he he from Budlandia. He bought a 50 milligram edible and took half of it kind of unbeknownst to him and held his shit together. I was impressed by that uh, from Chris. You know, he was a for- great bedmate. He fucking deterred Bob. Oh, you fucking slept with him. That's why you said, oh, <laughs> fucking bedfellows. Okay, you're biased. I get it now. I think Chris was the the sleeper hands down. He he was a sleeper by not being a sleeper in a club. Yeah, he didn't fall asleep. Mm. He made it up the trail in fucking dress shoes. Okay. And he weighs more than you think he does. He is fucking <laughs> dense. He is dense. I'll give you that. I mean, he, I'll, you know, he's not, he's not, uh, you know, obese or anything, but he's heavier than you think. But I think that's uh, out, that's the uh, added dog in his Indian tribe. I think that's his bones. You know, that's just that's just hardy stock. Um, I think Craig did pretty good. I mean, you know, that's his element, drinking and strippers and whatnot. But uh, so a lot of guys, Craig doesn't really know. You know, he doesn't know Grant that well. He doesn't know Ross that well. He doesn't know Russell that well. And I, I think Craig, uh, I think Craig made a decent first impression with those guys. I mean, I'm not going to give him sleeper of the trip, but <laughs> um, so yeah, overall good trip. Glad we came out, Bob. Thanks for having us, and uh, we'll probably never come to the West Coast again when you're there. Bob was like, "Hey, when are you guys gonna come to Twenty Nine Palms? My, you know, where I'm stationed at." Like, dude, you're lucky to get us all this far west, man. At least that's what I, I mean. Nobody said it, but no. Whenever you asked that question, everyone was like, "Eh," and no one really answered them, but. I think Bob needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> we Peace. out. Do you want to say something else? Are we still out? Hey, thanks for joining us on another another episode of the Talking Ball podcast. Shout out to the few, the proud, the boys. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our hijinks. Uh, hopefully we, we made you guys feel like a fly on the wall. I'm sure we forgot a couple things here and there since me and Harley were probably out. I, I, I was probably out the least amongst everybody so i i bet i missed a lot of stuff and probably don't remember a lot of stuff but uh hopefully we made you guys feel like a fly on the wall in this and if we missed anything just tweet at us talking small pod on twitter and uh we'll be sure to post a lot of pictures from the uh podcast and if we said anything too incriminating and you want us to edit it it's not real we we faked it fake news entirely i never even went on this trip 100 percent 
Phony Rusponi. Get out and vote, folks. John Bell Edwards. Fuck that dude. Fuck that dude.